Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio, folks. Today's topic is something that couldn't be more vital. Um, We're talking about the uh, purity of our water supply. I mean, as we all know, besides breathing clean air, one of the first things we need when we're born and what we need to survive our entire lives is water. In fact, about three-fourths of our own bodies are made up of water. And yet recently, some studies have shown that pharmaceuticals, medicines are showing up in our water supply. And this is a huge issue. We know that, uh, you know, there are a lot of statistics that show what kinds of pharmaceuticals are showing up in our waterway. And the presumption is that they're getting there because individuals who have unwanted medications, leftover supplies that they're not going to take anymore, are improperly disposing of their unwanted medication, whether that's flushing it down the toilet, putting it into the trash, and as a result, some of those medications are, are getting into our waterway. Today, we're talking with some representatives from the National Community Pharmacists Association. Two of them are actually local pharmacy owners. One of them is Dr. Carolyn Ha. She's the Association Director of Professional Affairs for the National Community Pharmacists Association. And they have a solution. Your local pharmacists uh, are, are coming up with a solution to make it easy and affordable and uh, almost a no-brainer to properly dispose of your pharmaceuticals. And we're going to go through their program in detail in just a few moments. If you want to follow along with us, if you're listening on your computer, you can check out their website for this program at disposemymeds.org. And we'll also give you their association website here in just a few moments. But uh, I'd like to welcome Dr. Carolyn Ha to the program. Tell us about the National Community Pharmacists Association and, and why your association is getting involved with this very important issue. Well, thank you so much, Jill, and and good morning to everyone. We'd like to thank Go Green Radio for inviting us to be um, on your show today. Uh, The National Community Pharmacists Association represents the interests of America's community pharmacists, including the owners of more than 23,000 independent community pharmacies, franchises, and chains. And um, we are just so delighted to be here today to speak with you about a very important issue to our membership um, the, the prescription disposal program, Dispose My Meds, provides our members with a valuable service that we know patients in their community want. And you'll be hearing later today from um, some of our members who have taken the initiative to provide this valuable community service. 
And really, um, the inspiration for our program was to um, further reinforce that vital relationship between the pharmacy and the community um, that we serve every day. And it was really two-pronged. There's the environmental impact that we're hearing about and became concerned with, and also the very real public health issue of um, medication safety, accidental poisonings, overdoses, and potential prescription drug abuse. Absolutely. And, you know, you touch on, you know, that relationship between the pharmacist and the community. You know, I know a lot of people feel like their local pharmacist is one of the most trusted individuals in their lives. I mean, you can go and ask them anything (laughs) and uh, get great advice. And so that is a very vital relationship in every local community. Now, we're joined also by Brad Arthur, who's on the executive committee of the NCPA. He's also, uh, I believe, the owner of two local pharmacies. Is that correct, Brad? Yes, that's correct, Jill. Two local independent community pharmacies in the Buffalo, New York area. Wonderful. Now, tell us how the Dispose My Meds program actually helps consumers properly dispose of their unwanted medications. Kind of walk us through the the program. Jill, this is a great opportunity for us in our own communities to educate the public about the dangers of prescription drugs entering these local communities. We're, We're starting to learn more and more that children are Children and young adults, teens are turning to these drug cocktail parties and other things to, um, uh, to to get a high, if you will. And these are very, very dangerous activities. So in addition to the, to the tremendous responsibility we feel to our local environments by saving the water supply, we also feel we have a strong obligation uh, to protect the, those citizens in our community. So this gives us a tremendous opportunity to educate the public about the safe disposal of medication. Well, and, and Lisa uh, Faust, Dr. Lisa Faust is also joining us. Lisa, you own your own local pharmacy as well. How does the program work in your store? Well, when we instituted it, we opened it up to the community as a whole. So not just our patients, but we invite any patient with any unwanted, unused, unfinished meds to just come in and drop them off uh, to our pharmacy. We don't require them to have the prescriptions filled at our store. I mean, we've only been open for five years, so we have patients bringing in meds that are 10-plus years old. It's amazing. Sometimes I'm amazed by how long people have kept these medications in their home. And so they bring them in, we dispose of them, we take them back, and it gets them out of the water, gets them out of uh, potential dangerous hands, and we feel really good about it. Well, you know, it's funny that you say that because I – not because I want to be, but because I, I kind of have to be, am a um, hoarder of unwanted meds myself. I mean, I just haven't had a place to take those meds. And, and I've got old asthma medicine from uh, my daughter when she was just a little tyke um, that's expired. And I haven't had any place to take it until I realized that one of my local community independently owned pharmacies was offering this take-back program. Now, tell us what people do, Brad, when they come into your store and they have unwanted medication. Do they have to have special packaging? What, what do you do with it? The, pro- the NCPA-endorsed program is a system in which a, a box, a secured box, is placed on the counter in the dispensing area to allow for this uh, one-on-one uh, communication and education with the pharmacist. And the box is designed so, so patients can introduce these expired and unwanted medications into the box, but it's designed such that folk can't reach in and extricate products, in addition to the fact that the pharmacist is there supervising this whole process. So the patient comes in, uh, they're engaged by the professional staff, the pharmacy staff, 
and they use that opportunity to talk to them about the need to get these out of the home and dispose of properly. And once these containers are full, they're then shipped back to the to the uh, to the partner that we're working with, and then they're disposed of in a safe means. Lisa, in your store, do you ever get the idea that people are kind of embarrassed or anything? I mean, do they come in with an armload full of old medications? We, yeah, absolutely. We have people who brought it in by the box fulls, especially if uh, <laughs> somebody's parents are maybe moving out of their lifelong home and into a, you know, a, a residential facility or somewhere that they need help, and they're clearing out, you know, sometimes 20 years worth of uh, medications, and they can bring in over-the-counters, prescription. Um, you know, we get all kinds of things. I get expired deodorant sometimes because people just don't know how to dispose of a lot of common-day products. So they just bring in sometimes bags full in and have the pharmacist help them to go through it to know how to dispose of everything properly. So it's not just people like you in your instance when you have kids. Some people are taking care of their parents, other family members. Maybe there's a, a sudden, you know, health crisis and maybe there's a new baby on the way, so they're thinking of, oh, we're going to get rid of all of this stuff. You know, there's lots of changes, status of life, that usually prompts people to clean out their cupboards, so to speak. And we recommend doing it, you know, part of your spring cleaning and fall cleaning. You know, if you do it, you know, when you change your batteries and your smoke detectors, you know, change out your medicines. But there's people that are just catching up from decades of not doing this. So absolutely, we have people, sometimes they're a little sheepish, you know, of bringing in so much. And, you know, we tell them, oh, that's fine. You know, it, it's best to, to get a clean slate and, and start all, all at once. So um, it's it, it's kind of a, a little amusing. And it, and sometimes it's a little serious because sometimes it's, it's involved some kind of health tragedy. But uh, it, it, it is a, a good way to interact with our patients nonetheless. You bet. And Brad, I'm just curious, in your uh, stores, do you charge consumers to participate in the program? No, absolutely not, Jill. We think this is just another value that we can bring to the communities in which we operate. And we've been in business since 1957, so we feel very fortunate to play such an important role in our community. And, uh, and as a result, we feel this is the obligation that we have to our community. So we, not only do we not charge, but I think in addition to what Lisa said, oftentimes this is a a surviving family member, and this is part of the grieving process. And the opportunity to talk to the pharmacist about about the care that they received is oftentimes very comforting to loved ones out there that have been in communities for, in my case, five decades. Wow, that you know, and and it makes me think of the pharmacist that uh, I had as a kid. He he lived across the street from my grandparents, and I mean, he was involved in every family, everything from the sniffles to the more serious, you know. Health impacts in our lives, and uh, it is just such a wonderful relationship, and what a wonderful service that you're offering, Carolyn. From a uh, organizational perspective, uh, the partner that you've chosen for your members to dispose of the medications, what are they doing with it? Once your uh, member pharmacists uh, turn in these medications, what happens to them then? Where do they go? Sure, that's a great question, Jill, and and. Um Brad alluded to it a little bit earlier, but basically we utilize the Sharps Takeaway Environmental Return System, which is a safe, easy method to dispose of unused patient medications. Um, they are The environmental system is available in a 10 or 20-gallon uh, drop box, which is secure, or there are also prepaid postage envelopes 
for patients to mail on their own. But essentially what happens is when the patients bring those unwanted or expired medications into the pharmacy, they'll hand them over to the pharmacist who is supervising that box, and they'll inspect the medications and make sure that they can be um, incinerated because there are certain restrictions, which we can get into a little bit later, but essentially... um, the pharmacist will handle that box when when it's full. We'll seal it up and send it off to an incineration facility, which is located in Carthage, Texas, where all of um, the the box and all of the contents are incinerated. And that incineration is also witnessed by law enforcement. So, um, you know, everything is is done to the the letter of the law, and we um, work with a medical waste company to to take care of it. Well, and some people may be saying, yeesh, incineration, is that safe? But the fact is, and actually we've talked about this on Go Green Radio before, that is the EPA's recommendation for the safest way to dispose of these unwanted medications. And in fact, um, in America, the EPA, both at the regional and the national level, monitor the emissions of incineration facilities very, very closely in real time to ensure that the emissions are non-toxic. And so, you know, that's something that that we've covered on the show before, but um, certainly I want our listeners to know that that is, at this point, what the EPA believes to be the best way to dispose of, the safest way to dispose of unwanted medication. Do you have anything that... You know, any more to add on that, Carolyn? Oh, no, other other than the fact that, um, you know, kind of across the board, and, and hopefully this has been embraced by, by all stakeholder organizations from, from the EPA to, to practitioners, and, and um, you know, we're trying to really move away from, from flushing, if at all possible. That, you know, that the, the toilet is not a trash can, and so <laughs> we, uh, we want to stress that, um, you know, these, these products should not be flushed down the toilet, which previously was the practice and was the recommendation, but as we're learning from some of the early environmental uh, impacts that, that have been coming back, um, that that is not the recommended route. And therefore, um, to, to our association and understanding the incineration process and also what is, is done with some of the, the end products, you know, we're also hearing of some waste to energy conversion incineration yep. uh, facilities, which are available. So we thought that, that incineration was the best way to go for, for our program. Awesome. Well, we have got to take a quick commercial break, but when we return, much more on this program to properly dispose of your pharmaceuticals. It's exciting. It's a great solution, folks. So don't go away. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. 
Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, folks. Today we are joined by three representatives from the National Community Pharmacists Association, and they have got a really great new program that solves a problem that so many of us are dealing with, and that is, what do I do with unwanted medication? Um, as Carolyn mentioned before the break, the toilet is not a trash can, so flushing our medications is not the right answer, um, and throwing it in the landfill, also not the right answer, because uh, sometimes the, the chemicals and the, the medication can leach through the barrier of the landfill into our water table, and we're finding that uh, some of these medications are making it into our fresh waterways in the U.S. Brad, I, I've just barely touched on it, but talk to us a little bit more about some of the environmental impacts associated with improperly disposing of our unwanted medication. Well, Jill, I think our understanding of the impact on the environment is changing as we develop additional technologies to detect uh, these types of particles in our drinking water. So it's partially due to advancements in technology that we're becoming more aware of the potential threat. But I tell you, in 1987, when I graduated from pharmacy school, the conventional wisdom from that point forward for 20 years was to do exactly as we're suggesting you shouldn't do, which is to flush them down the toilet. That was the safest means. Uh, but now as we do have these uh, advances in technology, we're finding that uh, they are detecting uh, relatively low parts per, per billion. I can't speak specifically to the technology as I'm not an expert in that, but I can tell you that it has uh, risen to the level of where uh, those folks uh, that monitor these types of things have grown increasingly concerned and are looking to other suggestions like the disposemymeds.org to ensure that it, it doesn't affect the safety of our drinking water. Well, and even if it's just a few parts per billion, the fact is, um, you know, when, when you're seeing things like Viagra, estrogen, whatever, these, you know, kinds of pharmaceuticals that are being prescribed today in the waterway, 
that medicine's not for everybody and certainly not for children. And I know that a lot of parents are very concerned about the safety of our water supply as it pertains to their children. In fact, Lisa, um, you know, I was reading in your bio, you're involved in this program as much because you're a pharmacist as because you're a mom. Talk to us about your motivation uh, as a mom to be involved in this program. Yes. Um, well, as a pharmacist, I know how sensitive uh, little babies' bodies can be. And um, when you're talking about, you know, parts per billion in your water, uh, babies drink lots and lots of, you know, water. And, you know, I was a nursing mom, but, you know, whatever I drink in, i got to drink lots of water, you know, eventually gets to them. So the environmental impact is of great concern to me because um, you just don't know what in the future. I mean, the water, our fields were an agricultural part of California. You know, our fields are watered with all of this water and what part of that gets into the food. There's just a lot of unknowns out there. And then I also wanted to just make a safe environment if you talk about cultural environment. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of, just like in lots of cities across the nation, a lot of unfortunate teenagers, young adults, uh, people really of all ages have been getting prescription medications from friends. They steal it from parents, you know, bathrooms. Um, they go dumpster diving and, and pull people's old prescription bottles that they just, you know, throw away. And uh, I wanted to make a clean uh, culture environment for my boys to grow in. If I could lessen the impact of prescription drugs being on the street, I felt that that was very important as a mother in the role that I have ability with owning my own pharmacy to help decrease the amount of drugs that were out there on the street. Wow, that's inspiring. Carolyn, do you find that a lot of your members share this same attitude and concern? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, to, to balance the, the environmental concerns that we're hearing, um, we're absolutely the concerns of, from a public health and medication safety standpoint. I mean, it's inherent to everything that we do every day as a pharmacist and making sure that the right medications are being dispensed to the right patients at the right time. So, all of those concerns that, that Lisa and Brad have shared were certainly top of mind for us as, as we were setting out in, in creating this program. And uh, prescription drug abuse is, is certainly a, a top priority for this association, and we're trying to do everything we can to curb that across the nation. Carolyn, one of the things that I find so uh, laudable and so um, praiseworthy about what the NCPA is doing is that even without any legislation saying pharmacies have to take back pharmaceuticals, you have taken the initiative, had the gumption as not just, you know, local members, but as an association to develop this program and offer it to your members. Um, why'd you do that? I mean, you didn't have to. <laughs> sure. Yeah. This, this kind of all goes back to, for us as, as community pharmacists and the, the mom and pop stores across the nation, it's, it's motherhood and apple pie to, to us as a, an organization um, as to this issue. And we actually took action in terms of um, passing a resolution in our, in our House of Delegates um, on uh, prescription drug disposal programs and that NCPA will continue to, to promote that community pharmacists consider initiating these programs. Um, you know, the, the tagline that we use here is be, basically being a respected and knowledgeable resource on all aspects of medication from dispensing to disposal. It's just that cradle to grave, um, everything that we do um, in our stores and in our communities, it was just that important to us as an association, and we are so pleased that 1,400 of our members have, have also signed on and are, are now participating nationwide. 
I love it. And, and I've got to think that, you know, you're talking about an association of independent pharmaceutical or, or pharmacy owners that, you know, as people are looking for a solution to this problem, and like Lisa said, she will take anybody's unwanted medication. As people see your independent pharmacists being uh, the, the community solution for a big problem and a, and a health concern that we have, um, that that won't help bring in uh, you know, additional business. I would hope that that would serve as a competitive edge. Uh, Brad and Lisa, do you see it that way? Well, um, I, I absolutely see it that way, and I think I would further add that pharmacists have long held this strong belief that we should be the ones uh, entrusted to, to dispose of medication safely. Oftentimes, for the last many years, we have been restricted by various regulations. So part of our approach has been to overcome federal, state, and local restrictions that prevented us from this type of activity. So we've long held the belief that this is a role that we that we should play in our communities and we should provide that free of charge uh, as professionals in the communities in which we operate. And we're just now starting to get uh, those folks uh, in the federal and state governments to recognize that pharmacy is positioned to do this. One of the challenges is uh, having folks in communities across the country access these types of services, and we feel this program meets that challenge by making it available in pharmacies all across the United States that are often open long hours as opposed to these drug take-back days that are often done in communities every quarter or sometimes with less frequency. Right. Lisa, how do you feel about that issue? Um, I think it's given, you know, one of the, you know, besides all the, you know, good feeling and environmental and the safety stuff, you know, I, I am also a business owner and I'm always looking for niche programs and things that make me special as opposed to my competitors to entice people, you know, to come to my store. So I did feel that this was a very good program from a business owner's standpoint to develop even more relationships with my customers and to, to have the opportunity to bring people that weren't currently my customers to have them walk through my door because, you know, we do offer a very unique culture in pharmacy in my in my own pharmacy. And so if I can get people that otherwise may not have come in to come in just to get rid of their medications, I felt that that was a good competitive advantage that uh, there's no way I should turn it down as a business owner. So I, I definitely agree that it, it has given me the competitive edge. Well, and I think it's smart business. I mean, in the 21st century, consumers are looking for companies and retail outlets that are good community partners, that feel like a neighbor. And what you're offering has that exact uh, quality to it. Um, I'm just wondering, Brad and Lisa, did you find that the training you had to go through in order to initiate a program like this was onerous, or is it something that you would tell your fellow NCPA members, hey, this is a breeze, just do it, get this program started in your store? Joe, I think implementation of the program was very seamless. I was able to, once once the educational materials came down from, uh, from NCPA, obtaining the disposal system, and learning how to implement it into my practice was really relatively seamless. And then we had a staff training session, went over some of the, uh, the specifics as far as who should be providing this level of education to patients approaching the disposal system. And, and really it was kind of just kind of place and go. And I found it to be very easy to implement. And the customers understood it and received it almost instantaneously. That's terrific. Lisa, what was your experience? Yeah, I felt the, the program offered was very turnkey. You know, everything was taken care of for you. Uh, you know, they had a nice website portal where we can, we've had to reorder, you know, these boxes 
several times. The first box we ordered was a 10-gallon because that seemed like, oh, that's going to be huge. You know, I think it was full in the first week. <laughs> and so <laughs> I had to go on and reorder. <laughs> so I only now order the 20-gallon uh, size boxes, and it, it's been very easy to use. You know, when we have a new pharmacist come in or something, you know, we just explain, you know, the, the very few rules that there are. Uh, and it's, you know, you seal it up, you send it off, and you get a new one. So it's, I feel it's very turnkey, very easy to use. There's, there should be no reason a community pharmacist out there listening to this um, should not be able to do it. And if there's a consumer out there listening to this and they go to their local pharmacy and they ask, hey, are you doing drug disposal? And that pharmacist says no, you know, maybe they just haven't heard about it. I know what it is being a business owner. You're busy and you're sometimes getting your own world and you don't really listen to new ideas. But maybe those consumers can approach those owners and those pharmacists and encourage them to get on board and it because it really is about as easy of a program as you can implement. Well, and and if our listeners want to do exactly that, all they need to do is go to this website, www.disposemymeds.org. You can both learn about the program, and it might be something that you could share with your local community pharmacist as well. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we're going to be talking more about this program that is just a fantastic solution to a growing problem that you've seen a lot in the news, and that is pharmaceuticals in our waterways. We've got a solution, and thanks to the NCPA, um, it's getting out there nationwide. So, folks, don't go away. There's much more Go Green Radio right after this. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Tovanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Tovanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. World. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. Today's topic is something that touches each and every one of our lives, both because a lot of us use prescription medication and also because we all drink water. And the issue that we're talking about today is how to keep unwanted medications out of our water supply. As we mentioned earlier in the show, for years the conventional wisdom was flush it down the toilet. But now we're finding that uh, studies are showing that there is uh, prescription pollution, basically, in our fresh waterways in the United States. And there are a number of different medications that are showing up in our rivers and streams and, and other water systems. And we want to address that. And fortunately, we have an organization that is taking this issue straight on, and that's the National Community Pharmacists Association. Not only are they dealing with the advocacy issues around uh, this problem, but they are offering a program to their members, to independent pharmacists uh, who are part of their association across America, a program that they are able to offer to consumers at no cost. And we're talking with Carolyn Ha, Dr. Carolyn Ha. She's with the association. I'm, I'm wondering, Carolyn, is there any concern among the members of your association, that they may bear some kind of legal liability for environmental or human health problems in the future that may be proven to be caused by pharmaceuticals that are improperly disposed of? I mean, do you anticipate any legal exposure in the future if your member pharmacists do not have a take-back program in place? Sure. That's a great question, Jill. And, and um, you know, it's 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 within our association's, um, you know, thought and, and, and feeling on this issue that it's better to be proactive about this and do something that we know is right and, and needed in their community um, now before it, it, we even get to that, that legislative or, or any sort of, of mandate. So um, in terms of liability, we would say we're just trying to do the, the right thing to, to prevent potential prescription drug abuse or to prevent a, a, an accidental poisoning um, ahead of time. And that's, that's something that we have just um, forged ahead with. Again, it's, it's about providing that valuable service that their patients and, and consumers are seeking these days, as you had talked about before, about um, consumers are real savvy these days. They're looking into businesses that, that are supportive in their local community and also provide, you know, green services, which is all these things uh, that Dispose My Meds does. And, you know, again, independents have always been pioneers, no matter what they do, and, and we are kind of the first to forge into this, this new territory, and we understand that there may be other locations that are a little he- hesitant um, just because they don't know the, the source of the medications or where they're coming back from, but as Lisa can attest to, she is more than happy and, and willing to take back any of these medications, no matter where they've been coming from, just because we um, want to get at the heart of the issue and get these off the streets 
um, and out-of-medicine cabinets. And, you know, what we found um, recently and, and anecdotally from members is that a lot of these medications are also um, coming back from, from mail order um, because of 90-day fills and, and auto shipments and something may change, you know, in the course of therapy um, that requires that patient to, to need, not need those medications anymore. It could be an allergy or an undesirable side effect, but um, they cannot return it back to the facility from which it came from, and, and therefore we're seeing and, and seeing some uh, an unfortunate waste um, that's coming back from, from large mail-order shipments. That, gosh, that's a great issue to bring up, Carolyn. I want to dive into that a little bit more because more and more health plans, you know, are starting to try and move people towards that mail order um, situation, which, you know, there's a lot of downsides to that. Of course, you know, you're not getting that face-to-face time with your pharmacist and asking, you know, questions and getting advice uh, the same way that you do if you go in for the prescription. But um, gosh, you're right. I mean, sometimes you start a medication and you realize, oh, this is not working. And, um, you know, within just a few days, you have to switch. But if you go and get a 90-day supply, you've got, you're sitting on a huge amount of pharmaceuticals that you're never going to use. Um, talk to us more about that situation and how that may be contributing to the problem. Yeah, absolutely. That's you know that's something that we are we are certainly concerned about as an association, and um, as you'd mentioned on the on the advocacy side, you know we we're pursuing some of those those avenues as well. But but focusing the discussion on again just the the waste that we're seeing associated with mail order, which is unfortunate because of you know anything that can change within that course of therapy, as you're as you were mentioning, um, you know that's something that's very disturbing to us. We're we're just concerned about the the dollars that are also um, no pun intended, that are going down the drain, if you will, from, <laughs> from, uh, from you know, understanding how plans are designed, and there may be incentives, but um, if the patient isn't taking that medication, then, then that's, that's waste, and, um, you know, that's also contributing to issues such as non-adherence, and um, patients just not getting well, or taking the, the right medications, and then, you know, that's, that's something that at, at a community pharmacy level, you know, our, our pharmacists are always available to answer those questions. Um, they're always available to, to dispense that proper health advice and counseling. Um, and, and Lisa and Brad do it on, on an, a daily basis. So it's, it's things that we can monitor for um, on, a, on a much more acute basis. And, you know, you can walk into that corner drugstore at any time and the pharmacist is available to answer those, those questions. And you know, we're also very pleased uh, recently by um, the consumer report survey that came out where 94% of shoppers are highly satisfied with, with going to their independent drugstore. And yeah. when you talk about niche programs that, that, you know, made sense to Lisa, this is just another one of those those programs. And we're really trying to, to encourage consumers to have that dialogue with their with their pharmacists. And, again, that's not something you can uh, get uh, – from your mailbox when you no, you can't. Your mailbox, there's not another human being on the other side to answer those questions or concerns. That's right. Lisa, I'd like for you to talk about that issue. And also, uh, I, did you ever, did it ever cross your mind that there might any, be any legal exposure or liability for you associated with this program? Any concerns? Not, not for, not for using or administering this program. I don't, I'm, Fear of, uh, you know, any kind of legal issues never crept into my mind. Um, I figure I'm on 
you know, the, the best side of the legal side of just getting these drugs off the street. I mean, if I could go down to the corner, you know, wherever the drug dealer is and just buy all his stock and, and dispose of them properly, you know, that would be an even better scenario, you know, it, to, just to get the little amount of drugs out on the, the streets and just wasting away in medicine cabinets uh, is, is my aim. So I, I'm being legally uh, liable for anything never, never crossed my mind. You know, there are regulations that we have to follow on our end to participate in the program. And uh, they've actually been some inhibitory legislation out there because there's all different states, all different states and pharmacy boards and have their own laws and issues. So issues I might have in California, somebody else doesn't have in Idaho. But um, so, you know, there are rules that we have to follow. And I would like some of those rules to be changed to where we can more easily take back more drugs, even some of the most dangerous drugs I'd like to be able to get off the streets um, through a program like this. So, uh, I think NCPA is doing a good job of trying to work with legislatures and do a lot of education and hopefully getting bills passed that would allow us to be even um, a more complete um, drug take care, you know, take care of the full drug needs of a patient, like like you said, from dispensing to disposal. Because uh, mm-hmm. I have so many patients that that's probably one of the number one questions I get not pertaining to like a counseling question is what do I do with my meds? So I'm I'm hopeful that, you know, in years to come that legislation will be eased and pharmacists in every state will have the same laws in terms of being able to take drugs drugs back. So, um, but no, I've never worried about any kind of legislation from the standpoint of just being able to take drugs back. So, Sure. And now, Lisa, I'm just wondering, you know, before this program was available to you, um, what were your customers saying? I mean, are pre- do you feel like people in your community are pretty well educated about the need no. for proper disposal? I, I I don't think any general population community can be pretty well educated when pharmacists ourselves didn't have a good answer for disposal. You know, was there was the whole, we'll put it in an empty Coke bottle, put the lid on, you know, tape it up, you know, so it you know, doesn't get out, doesn't leak, and, you know, pets can't get into it. Uh, you know, and so we, we ourselves didn't have a unified good answer, so I don't think there's any way we could expect the community at large to be any any educated more than us. So this this program, bringing it to the forefront, I think really joined our uh, profession together with a unified response of this is how you should properly dispose of your medications. It really is the first real good answer um, to that question that, like you said, has been around for decades. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see how we could expect consumers to be better prepared than we've been. Well, that's a great point, and I really do applaud independent pharmacists like yourself, Lisa, and your entire association for getting out in front of this issue on behalf of consumers both now and in the future to protect health um, even before it was mandated by legislation. I just find that so refreshing to see uh, people just doing what's right and taking the reins and taking the initiative to do what's right uh, even without being told they have to. I think that's terrific. And it's something that I hope consumers will reward with their patronage um, when it comes to choosing a, a pharmacist. Now, um, Lisa, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, do you have to work with your local police in order to implement this program? I know that in some communities, that's a component of a drug take-back program is having law enforcement involved. Is that something you need to do or, or not um, so much? Yes and no. Um, on an average day, you know, any day of the week, we can take back um, what are referred to as non-controlled medications. 
um, that means, you know, things like blood pressure pills, diabetes medications, antibiotics. We can do that on our own uh, without any law enforcement involved. Um, what I was referring to before about some legislation is to get the most serious drugs. I mean, drugs, when you hear people overdosing or a, a child overdosed from drugs at a party, those are generally controlled medications. Those are like the strong painkillers, uh, anti-anxiety medications that uh, are controlled medications that we're not allowed to take back just on a regular day basis. So in those instances, we do work with our local uh Law enforcement are either local Bakersfield BPD or our Kern County sheriffs, and we coordinate usually about once a quarter for them to be present with us at a third-party location in order to take back controlled medication. And on those days, people can bring back both their controlled and non-controlled, and then the county actually takes care of it, and they incinerate it in their um, own disposal, and they got their own licensings and stuff for that. So it, it's basically done the same process, but the law enforcement does have to be present in order to take back those most serious offender drugs off the street, which is mm-hmm. somewhat unfor- uh, unfortunate because it's that's a hindrance, and, and yeah. I, I see that as being a wall to uh, prevent our communities from being even safer, whereas if I was able to take those back on a daily basis, um, I think it would make it more accessible to customers and more of those drugs would get off of the street. Well, and I think you're right. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but just to editorialize really quickly, I mean, if you can dispense those drugs, it seems like you ought to be able to take them back, and we certainly don't want to make somebody who had a back surgery and has got Vicodin in their cabinet, uh, you know, ashamed to bring it back. <laughs> you know, that's, that's right. definitely not what we want to do. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, there's more, so don't go away, folks. More Go Green Radio right after this. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Healing occurs from the inside out. To awaken and activate the body's healing mechanisms, your emotions and thought patterns must be addressed and aligned with your truth. These concepts are discussed in detail on The Light Within, Awakening the Inner Healer, with host Joan Jacobs. We'll introduce you to a new way to interpret and address your body's language of symptoms and how to turn disease into a platform of profound personal growth. Tune in to The Light Within every Monday at 10 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Go inside the world of PR with PR Insider, hosted by public relations expert Maureen Kettis. Maureen will speak to the world's highest profile PR pros from the fields of marketing, advertising, and sales. And PR Insider will feature renowned members of the media as special guests. Maureen will give you a VIP access pass, including tips and tricks to take your business to the next level. PR Insider with Maureen Kettis, sponsored by Cision, us.cision.com. Listen every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Network. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. Today's episode is all about keeping drugs out of your drink, basically keeping unwanted pharmaceuticals out of our nation's water supply. And fortunately, we have the National Community Pharmacists Association on point on this issue, and they have a program that you can check out, find a local independent community pharmacist who's participating by going to www.disposemymeds.org. Now, if you are joining us late and you wish that you would have caught the beginning of the program, don't worry, because Go Green Radio is syndicated on Voice America's Green Living Channel. If you go to voiceamerica.com, click on the Green Living Channel, you can hear this episode once more next Tuesday between 9 and 10 a.m. Pacific, noon to 1 on the East Coast. Everybody in Mountain and Central, you can do your own math, but that's when we will be airing this program again, so please do recommend it to your friends and colleagues. Uh, Before we went on commercial break, we were talking about the issue of uh, pharmacists being able to take back controlled substances. As we know, they dispense it, um, but there's some issues with actually being able to collect it for proper disposal. Carolyn, I think you wanted to say a little bit more about that, so please feel free. Thank you so much, Jill. Yes, um, the, we just wanted to uh, clarify with patients who might be listening in that at this time, the way that the law stands, controlled substances such as those um, higher uh, strength painkillers and, and some other uh, medications uh, such as Xanax and Valium um, cannot be returned to pharmacies um, and that uh, they might be able to take advantage of uh, local uh, collection events in conjunction with law enforcement. We know that DEA has been holding some events uh, on a on a Saturday for a couple hours, so so please be on the lookout for for those events. But um, there there are some uh, pieces of legislation in the works right now that that might be able to to amend the situation. But as the law stands currently, those medications cannot be returned to pharmacies, you know, just on a, a regular basis unless it's it's in conjunction with with law enforcement. So um, mm-hmm. please please bear that in mind. We uh, we wish there was more we could do, but that's just the way that the law is right now. Well, and if there's anything that, uh, Carolyn, you want to pass to our listeners in terms of them being able to engage their lawmakers in, in spouting off about this, I know that, you know, there are folks out there that are, are, you know, they have a surgery or what have you, they get uh, a painkiller, what have you. I think it would be so much easier to dispose of that medication properly by privately being able to go into a trusted community pharmacist and drop it off rather than standing in line on a Saturday and lining up for police to scrutinize what you've got Mm -hmm. in your bag. It just feels a little weird. I'm hoping that uh, we can get some kind of legislation passed that would allow um, easier disposal of those pharmaceuticals. Sure, absolutely. There is actually um, an act that was... uh uh, passed in Congress and actually signed into law by President Obama last October um, called the Safe, Secure Drug Disposal Act of 2010. So that has actually been signed into law, and we are now awaiting the guidance from DEA on, um, you know, what what the next steps are. But please know that we have been working closely alongside and, and are anxiously awaiting what those new regulations will be. So it's a step in the right direction, and, and we certainly hope that uh, community pharmacists will, will be included um, in, in what comes out of that. 
Excellent. Well, good work, Carolyn. And giddy up, DEA. We're looking forward to some some better legislation and, and policy enactment there. Um, Lisa, you know, you graduated from the University of the Pacific in 2001. You're a youngster compared to me. I, <laughs> I'm, I, I love talking to, to young go-getters like yourself. Was this a topic that they covered when you were in school? Um, and I'm wondering if pharmacy students now are learning about this issue in their college courses. When I when I graduated ten years ago, drug disposal, as far as I can remember, was never never spoken of, never talked about, never an issue that was brought up. Uh, and then when you're out there in the community pharmacies, you know, and people come in and say, you know, my mom just passed away, or she's in the hospital, or you know, whatever the situation is, what do I do with these meds? You were left just trying to scramble for you know the best logical answer. And and so I, I don't think at the time, even as recent as I went to school. Uh, pharmacy schools were addressing that issue. I think since in the last just a couple of years, partly due to NCPA spearheading this issue, I think probably now if you were to poll pharmacy schools, it is talked about in the sense of that we need to be responsible for these drugs since we're the ones that dispense them. You know, we, we do bear, I think, some of the responsibility of trying to figure out a solution to dispose of them. And so I, I think probably now you're going to find pharmacy schools and pharmacy students coming out with at least a little bit of exposure to this topic, but I had absolutely none um, coming out because it just wasn't something that was talked about. Interesting. Well, I hope that changes. I really do. Speaking of bearing some responsibility, Lisa, as a mom and a pharmacist, what responsibility do you think doctors have on this issue? I mean, they're the ones writing the prescriptions. Do you think they should be warning patients of the environmental and human health impact of their prescriptions um, and and talking about properly disposing of of medications that they don't use? Absolutely. I think doctors just are another prong in the full healthcare team that should be educating everyone on about the disposal of medications. You know, doctors can say, hey, if you have leftover prescriptions from this, um, you know, take it to here. You know, they should ed- first educate themselves so they know how to respond to their patients' questions and then to prompt their patients to do the proper procedure. Um, so I think doctors, obviously, they don't have their hands on a lot of medications, but there are doctors out there that do dispense directly to patients. I mean, that is their medical right to. And so if they're going to take on that responsibility of dispensing to their patients, then they also need to take on that responsibility of teaching their patients proper disposal technique. So I think they're just another prong in the healthcare field. And, and I really don't see doctors, at least in my area, catching on to this as well. You know, I think a lot of the medical associations probably need to catch on to it and start educating their providers. Uh, you know, but we're, we're trying the best we can to get the word out to as many people. Um, but I think eventually you'll see the doctors coming around and really being a partner in these types of programs. Well, you know what I could see, and I'm sure you've already thought of this as a businesswoman, but, you know, for your local independent pharmacists who are operating in a community, if every doctor in town uh, had a card or a brochure that said, hey, if you have any medication left over, here's where you take it. Um, they have a free program, DisposeMyMeds.org, you know, and, and this is our this is the local pharmacy that's got this program going on. Um, that would be a great way to, to, you know, maybe get this going in the doctor's office. What do you think about that? I think that's a fabulous idea. I might hire you as a business consultant. (laughs) I think that's a really good way to help get the word out because before patients get the prescription, they're in the doctor's office. And so um, the education could just start even earlier in the relationship with the patient. I think that's better for everybody involved. 
Well, and, and it might be something that, you know, even the association could help, uh, you know, their local members think about, Carolyn. I mean, is this something that's on the horizon? Sure. You know, we're always open to um, uh, supporting our members in, in any outreach efforts. And, uh, you know, we, we also provide as a member benefit, you know, sample press releases and letters to the editor to go into local papers to help advertise this event. And on a national level, um, we've also been hearing from uh, local prescribers, uh, maybe not out of the California area, but certainly from around the country that um, have heard about this and have contacted us and said, you know, thank you so much for providing this this service and they would like to refer their patients uh, to a local uh, pharmacy if possible. So definitely all things that are um, in the works and we, as we continue to grow the program, we are open to all suggestions. Well, I think that would probably be a winner. That'd be a way to connect your members with the front end of the, you know, where the pharmaceuticals are coming from. Ladies, I want to thank you so much for joining us on Go Green, Go Green Radio today. I think this has been incredibly enlightening and uh, motivating for me. I'm glad to see your association out there spearheading a solution to this big problem. Folks, if you want to check out uh, their website to find out if you have a local independent community pharmacist involved in the Dispose My Med uh, Meds program, Program, go to www.disposemymeds.org and check out the pharmacy locator. You can type in your zip code and find somebody nearby who's participating in the program. Well, folks, we'll be here same time, same place next week with more Go Green Radio. Until then, have a wonderful week and go green. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.